0: Welcome, Alpha Mike. I'm your host on El Police Radio, episode number 27. What are we looking at today? We're looking at LCN, La Costa Nuestra, a.k.a. the American Italian Mafia in America. Now, where did it get its roots? Did the American government have anything to do with the beginning of the mafia? Does it influence in any way law enforcement? And more importantly, has the FBI fallen behind the steering wheel once again? What went on from after 9 11 to just recently? Has the FBI again taken a sleeping pill? Let's find out. Let's roll.
1: Just, uh, 1322.
0: Welcome back, folks. We got a lot on the agenda, as always. But before we get into the meat of the matter, which is the LCN, and that's what we're going to discuss on today's show, and the fascination with the American Mafia, what people like to call, which of course is traditionally the Italian Mafia, has it been replaced? Has it been investigated? Is it defunct, gone, finished, or is it still flourishing in the backgrounds? So we're going to look at that right after I explain something that we're going to be doing. Now, I know, I think it was in podcast uh, 24, 23 or 24, I basically talked about a new upcoming 09 training podcast that we're going to be doing, as well as a um, website for the O-9 product and the training group. Well, we kind of rethought things, and we're going to pull a lot of it on somewhat hold. And it's it's a huge undertaking, what I'm talking about, and and the amount of curriculums and, and things that have to be reviewed, written, looked at. So it's a little bit... Uh, on my on my end of the deal here, kind of crazy to say, hey, we're ready to go on the 19th. So we're not, we're not there. We're not there yet. So what you're going to be getting on El Police Radio, which is the flagship podcast, we're going to be introducing the following formats on El Police Radio. You get the introduction in the beginning, kind of you get the music, and then all of a sudden I tell you what the show's main ingredient is all about. We go into the intro music. Of course, we talk about news. We go to the main meeting potatoes or what the podcast is about, either with myself or a guest. And then we're going to go into the 09 training tip. It's about five, maybe 10 minutes long about issues in training. And, of course, always the conversation, your relationship with God, training you up spiritually. And, of course, at the end, we wrap it up with the update on what our next episode's going to be. I think that this formula is going to really invigorate L Police Radio. I think it's going to keep you aware the amount of information that we have that we can funnel out. There is just so much information you can get out there. And I believe in the success of all nine training group. But what I am telling our audience is we need to, Slow it down a little bit because there's so much activity that's coming your way in the near future. So that's all on hold. We're ready to, of course, continue El Police Radio. We're getting a lot of feedback, a lot of comments. I think this last podcast generated uh, a bunch of comments um, on our contact to keep on and didn't know. Uh, Very exciting. Blah, 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 blah. And that's what we want. We want people to have that interest and and for them to go ahead and take an interest in what we're talking about. This library that we're building called Podcasts and the episodes that are on it are for you, for your general information, to help you either in your walk with law enforcement or during your walk with law enforcement. But that's why we're here. So as we've stated right after the intro, we're going to do what, folks? The L Police Radio Countdown. One, two, let's go. One. Florida prosecutors seek death penalty in the school shooting. A former student charged with killing 17 people at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School last month will face a death, pre- death penalty, prosecutors said Tuesday. Scumbag 19 is scheduled for a formal arraignment Wednesday on 34 counts indictment, including 17 first-degree murder charges. Scumbag's attorney has said that he would plead guilty if the death penalty was not pursued in the Valentine's Day Massacre. So uh, we will not call him by his given name. We will be calling him by his rightful name, which is that of the word scumbag. He's trying to plead a deal and he's pretty much saying, if you keep me alive and you feed me and you take care of me for the next 60 to 65, 70 years, I'll go ahead and play guilty. No, burn. Now, what I am happy to see is that the Broward County prosecutor, so state attorney, is seeking the death penalty. They didn't go... Absolute crazy liberal honors like they did in Orlando with the police shooting where the prosecutors up there said that they felt that it was not in their right best interest to seek the death penalty. The governor had a shit and he basically removed the state attorney and got the neighboring county's state attorney to prosecute the death. There was a lawsuit and basically what happened? The the court said, well, you can't tell the governor what to do. So that's the the end of that. And I'm glad to see that Broward came to its freaking census. But then again, it would be really, really difficult to get reelected after 17 kids have died in a freaking massacre and you want to hand out an anger management pamphlet to keep uh, this scum of the earth alive inside the prison system. So I'm glad to see that they are seeking it. And I know there's a wealth... Of evidence out there uh, that they can prosecute and give him the lethal injection. Too bad Sparky can't start up and give him a good voltage of his own good on the way out. But we'll see in about 15 to 12 years, whatever. Two. Never forgetting the the law enforcement profession that's never mentioned. The silent partner inside the car. Corrections. CO Slashed by Rikers inmate hours after public hearing about violence against employees. Hours after the public hearing detailing an alarming increase in assaults on correction officers, one was cut in the face by an, an alleged gang member. An alleged gang member. I love how the the press is always putting the liberal approach on it. I bet you this scumbag's got fifteen counts convictions of being a gang member, but they got the balls to say alleged. Gang member. Anyhow, um, McLean, that was the uh, inmate's name, is, a, is an alleged member of the Bloods, is in jail facing felony assault charges and expected to be hit with additional charges. No weapons were found. So this idiot, he slashes the correctional officer. What I'm mostly concerned with, this is a growing trend. Not only are police officers getting attacked, killed, shot everything you can imagine out in the street while COs inside the jail and prison systems are being cut, slashed, and everything else inside uh, prisons and jails. Alarming. Alarming. And it's time to really start handing out cookies and ice cream on sentencing on some of these idiots because it's a growing trend, and if I can see it, then believe me, it's happening. Three. Now, final story, uh, as always, video shows disgraced deputy outside school during mass uh, murder. And we're going to go ahead and post on lpoliceradio.com where you can see this coward just basically flopping around, taking out his gun, out in a breezeway, hiding behind a concrete pole. And basically the county, uh, the Broadway County Sheriff's Office has released the video of the Armed Security Resource, or armed, listen to this, freaking sheriff is a cop, who was criticized for his actions during the Florida school shooting that left 17 dead. A judge ordered the release of the video of Scott Peterson, whose lawyer said that the former deputy is confident that the actions on the day were appropriate, under the circumstances and that the video and eyewitness testimony will exonerate him of any subpar performance. Well, guess what, the verdict just came in over here on the freaking L Police Radio Network, and you're still a freaking coward. You're a coward then, you're a coward now. Now, we, during the investigation, is going to find that the captain, whoever this tweet was, it, it basically uh, told the deputies, I want a perimeter set. So, well, you know, you're only a, enough able bodies, you got to set up a perimeter outside, you can't go inside. And again, it broke from training protocols. It clearly shows that the sheriff was out to lunch when it came to making sure that his agency was on one page with training trends. They they failed. They failed miserably. And the BSO under the current leadership has been questioning over and over. And I, I still say he got broke off a good deal, a real good deal, when when the escape happened at, when at the courthouse and whatever the hell that was with the the guy that shot himself at, at the airport, and people running with luggage, without luggage, scaling fences, and, and it was just a chaotic situation. So three times you're out, my friend. Now, you might not get thrown out by the governor, but I can tell you one thing, you are leaving, and hopefully you're leaving sooner than later. Well, that concludes our news on El Police Radio. Now to the meat and potatoes. La Costa Nostra everybody knows what it is everybody's seen movies on it they've heard the great theme of The Godfather one of the best movies ever done, I think Godfather won everybody has an opinion, I have mine and the American society pretty much fell in love with the criminal enterprise because it was glorified by Hollywood but did Did it really get its start from the government? Well, if you know a little bit about criminal history, and especially when we talk about the issue with the mafia, we know that during the Second World War and in the invasion of Sicily, it was very important for the military to ensure that that transaction or that transition was actually done peacefully. So they basically looked out for the local goons on Sicily to take care of the military and the United States government interests. And in return, they kind of ruled uh, and beat up on Mussolini's people and took over with almost impunity and not in any way, shape, or form being prosecuted for it. So it's the beginning of the relationship between the mafia and the United States government. There was also a lot of history on how Lucky Luciano, which is one of the founders of the current system of the, of the Italian mafia, La Costa Nostra, in America, and Meyer Lansky, how they ran a, a deal with the United States government. Uh, if they would not, they would release Luciano from prison and, and allow that enterprise to, to pretty much continue working, The government's interest around uh, the docks and and during the Second World War uh, would be untouched. And they did. And that was the agreement that they reached for many years. So it flourishes. Of course, it becomes more and more powerful in the 50s and 60s. It starts to get a little bit muddier now in the 70s because they start getting introduced to something that's a little bit more sinister, and that's Drugs. And as a result, the DEA, the United States government, doesn't like that deal too much. So they start taking on the mob a little bit more forceful. Of course, we go into the 80s with John Gotti, and we got to take him out because he's too flamboyant. He's basically flexing. And, uh, oh, by the way, there's a new movie going to be coming out on uh, John Gotti starring John Travolta. I think it's pure garbage, but. I don't know. There's a lot of mafia groupies. that can't wait to see it. So uh, we go into the 90s and they're dismantling the United States government and the FBI is kind of dismantling the mafia around the country. Some areas like in Cleveland and uh, Kansas City, Tampa, uh, are really hurting. Uh, the The mob really took a hit there. Buffalo, New York, so forth. And all of a sudden we get hit with The issue with 9-11 and the FBI now, although they were always interested in defeating supposedly the mafia or controlling the mafia, they all of a sudden are starting to look elsewhere, which is notable because this terrorist thing all of a sudden just slapped us upside the head. So our interests now are going to change. So I got that picture. We also know that during 9-11, all the, all the debris of the Twin Towers was hauled off and, and uh, the mafia profited from that. That was frowned upon. But why was there a mayor in Rudy Giuliani of New York City when he was a prosecutor? He prosecuted the mafia relentlessly, and how come all of a sudden we started not doing that good? The batting average has dropped considerably. Well, there's a lot of speculation now. There's always been somewhat of leaks in law enforcement to the mob, either through corruption, of course, payola—they're paying the cops—or blood relatives. In the story of Mafia Cop with Joe Epolito. you can—and I'll post that on LPoliceRadio.com, where this is a a, sol, a a the son of a soldier in the Gambino crime family. His uncle was a mobster. His cousins were all mobsters in the Gambino crime family. He squirts through some half-assed investigation in the police department, and this is in the late 60s, 70s, and all of a sudden he's on the payroll for the Lucchese crime family committing atrocities, not only leaking out information, but he was also uh, accused and convicted of uh, things such as murder. So that's alarming in itself, Uh, You look at other enterprises in mafia, like the the Irish mob in Boston, how it had its tentacles in and including the FBI. And that case is ongoing. We'll post that on lpoliceradio.com as well. So why the partnership with these groups and not with other groups? Now, recently there was an indictment of 46 members or associates of the American-Italian mafia, and and how we're starting to see a re-emergence of this criminal enterprise. A lot of people, and I believe what the mafia wants everybody to believe, that they're dead and buried. We're out. We were defeated by the FBI, by local law enforcement, and we're down and out. But I actually believe they're a lot stronger. I actually believe they've also changed their tactics where not only are they operating as individual crews or groups or families, they're also operating in cahoots with each other to make their bond stronger because they're actually in business and also competing with other organized crimes such as the Russians, the Mexican cartel, and the list goes on. So for them to flourish now, they can't really necessarily compete so much against each other. They've got to bond together and have a unified front. But, of course, there's always going to be rivalry, sit-downs, complaints, arguments over the LCN and how they conduct business. Greed is the one factor that drives everybody. Now, during the 80s, it was like whoever could grabbed the payphone first and dropped the the dime inside the payphone and become the first rat got the deal. And a lot of people did that. But I've also seen some success stories. We'll say that. That's all. People that got arrested, that they were involved in the mafia, that they actually admitted their involvement in that criminal enterprise. And now all of a sudden they're free, scot-free, roaming around doing Uh, documentaries and so forth, and they're out of the lifestyle. How does that happen? Hmm. So is the mafia really trying to attempt to fool everybody into, yeah, we're down and out, you guys got us, or are they flourishing? Now, we've noticed one thing, Florida, here where we're at, where we're podcasting from, it's always been an independent state. Of course, it was ruled by Santos Traficante and his son, the Traficante family, but they kind of died out. They died out in the early 2000s, and uh, local law enforcement, FDLE, is kind of reporting, no, no, that's over with. That, that enterprise doesn't exist no more. But if you look, you've got every major crime family in La Costa Nostra running to Florida, they can't get down here fast enough. So that tells me something else is brewing. Are they slicing up Florida? Are they slicing up other areas in the country? And then all of a sudden, it was the traditional five families in New York, Banano, Colombo, Lucchese, Genovese, and Gambino. Now all of a sudden, we're starting to see other families like the ones in uh, Florida, uh, Philadelphia. What's going on there? So the American mafia, La Costa Nostra, is well flourishing, moving upwards, upwards with mobility in America, coming to a city near you. They're also organizing with other criminal enterprises more so. And more importantly, they're restructuring how they do business and how they will operate as not one group, but as an entire outfit to compete with uh, other cartels and other criminal organizations as well. So the media portrays the FBI as being so confident in how they can go ahead and defeat uh, the American mafia, but the real answer is they haven't you remove one component from the equation and another one grows in its place. It's an organization that's built on secrecy, so therefore you're never really going to erode it because it's more than just an organization. It's an ideology. It's something that they believe in and something that will continue. It might not be as strong as it was in yesteryear, but it's still there. And it's still an influence in law enforcement as well as it grows it corrupts organizations it corrupts it corrupts uh, departments its tentacles grow through money and no different from other cartels as well they're doing the same with criminal justice so it's another fabric of law enforcement that within law enforcement that it's tearing away at the fabric of how law enforcement operates. We talked about the wacky left and how they uh, have gotten into political power and they're corrupting law enforcement agencies by filtering in wacky leftists in the police departments and corrections departments. While there's criminal enterprises also, with their corruption, they're eroding law enforcement. We're going to continue in our journey showing how much more all of these organizations are crippling the law enforcement organizations that you and I that our taxpayer dollars so so badly we want but how they're really the return on our money is basically pennies on the dollar I'm sure history will tell us that um, in the near future, that our uh, La Costa Nostra is more than healthy, flourishing, booming business, and is also located in geographical areas around the country where you never thought they were. They're moving, they're creating, they're building, and that is a scary recipe for the future. By the time law enforcement, and especially the FBI, wakes up from its sleep, of following Trump around to see if he put hairspray or he didn't, you know, this thing is going to grow like a monster. It's pretty sad. Now, the 09 training tip. <laughs> You know, the relationship between a supervisor and his subordinate is just as important as the relationship between the subordinate and the supervisor. But somewhere along the line, that's kind of failed. I guess um, as generations go by, it's not as notable. It's Sometimes you even run into the do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do theory that really happens within the law enforcement circuit. So how important is this relationship? Well, supervisors, if you're listening, how important is it when you get a new crew? Here you are, either a lieutenant or sergeant, or you're a captain and an entity, depending of your rank, how many people you're supervising. But as you get new people to come into your area or your sphere of responsibility, well, that empowers you to do a couple of things. And one of them in that relationship is the level of expectation. If the level of expectation is not noted, it's not known, well, you can say policy dictates to the employee what the department's level of expectation is. And that should suffice. Well, although that's only half true, it does suffice the need of the agency, but the need of the supervisor to the subordinate needs to be stated as well. Levels of expectations such as a use of force, uniform appearance, um, reporting for duty, and other things. It is the responsibility of that supervisor to dissect closer now what the given policies are of the agency, to specify more in detail that narrow and kind of narrow-bridged type of policy. So the supervisor has to navigate through that now and say this, this, and this. What is the relationship between the subordinate and the supervisor? Well, just don't nod your head like a bobbing doll if you didn't understand what the expectation was, then ask a question. Both parties should always follow up any verbal meeting with electronic confirmation. How does that work? Emailing, pursuant to today's meeting regarding policy, blah, 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 beep, beep, beep. Here's the following synopsis of what we discussed. That shows documented proof on both ends that accountability is there. It's not really done. People kind of frown upon it. But they don't frown upon it because they don't agree with it. They frown upon it because they themselves don't want to be the accountable figure. And therefore, they want to leave things cloudy. If you work in a cloudy environment, it's up to you, the listener, to close the gap in that cloud. And that's our Training Minute. 09 Training Group has presented Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. When we think of the Lord, sometimes we we kind of think of him as, as a clerk in the supermarket. Well, you might be asking, what in the world is he talking about now? A clerk in a supermarket. Yeah, that's how sometimes we think of God. That we can just go, close our eyes, and ask for things, just like I'm at the local grocery store, and he provides. But he provides everything on several conditions, and I'll explain what they are. One, that you belong to him. Scripture tells us that those that are not his, he does not hear their calling. So you have to be a part of God, a part of the Lord. You know, you usually hear people say, we're all God's little children. Well, the scripture says some were born for salvation and some were born for damnation. That means not everybody's going up. Some are taking the escalator going down. Therefore, you have to have a relationship, and he becomes with you, and you become with him, and the journey begins. So there, when you ask, he will give, but under what condition will he give? Well, it's simple, under the condition of what he wants to give you based on your growth, not on your specific want but more on your need. If it was your want, then we're back to the grocery clerk at the local supermarket. I want to be rich. I want to have a new car. I want a new house. I want, I want, I want. And the list will continue to grow and grow and grow. But he doesn't give you want on what you want. He gives you on what you need. And many times, we don't understand that. He also wants to feel your heart. Therefore, when you pray, you pray in that anguish of what bothers you. Jesus said that you don't even know how to pray, which is true. We don't. So he wants you to have a conversation with him, but a meaningful one. So he can examine your heart. You see, he already knows what you need versus what you want, but now he wants to feel your heart and to see if that heart is deceptive in any way, or is that heart pure in what it is requesting. That journey and that power that God can give you is unmanageable. You. You can't even think about how powerful it is. Therefore, the scripture tells us that that wisdom can only be reached through knowing the fear of God. And it doesn't mean the fear as a little kid, oh, they're coming, they're going to hit me, they're going to punish me. No, not that type of fear. A fear of knowing that he is the living God and in being in his absence is your damnation. That's what the scripture means. So, we want to be an officer. We want to wear the uniform. We want to know more about law enforcement. We believe in law and order. We're conservative in our third process. We believe that laws were made for the betterment of society. We have all these notions of what a free republic should be. But if you don't have this one thing, and one thing only in your life, you won't flourish. What we're experiencing now, the social experiment of democracy, would fail. So much are we witnessing how government is eroding our relationship with God by creating sinful behavior, allowing sinful behavior about basically telling us what is bad is good and what is good is bad. And that is in the scripture. It says in the final days, that's what will happen. So if we remove God like we've removed him from our schools in prayer, and that's been ongoing for over 50 years, look at the outcome now. And I know that there's a doubting Thomas out there that would say, no, you're wrong. That's not true. Even if we were in prayer, these things would happen. Well, I don't know if they would happen, but I know it would be more difficult for the enemy to pull them off when a loving God is on your side. And when there's more people loving God every day and committing their lives to God, the enemy has to run. See, the enemy wouldn't be on the offensive he would be on the defensive running his ass right up out of there. Why? Because no one can stand the presence of a living God. So look at the evidence right in front of you. As we see the absence of God in our society, we're seeing worse issues occurring. We're seeing things that were unmanageable. Many, many years ago, we're seeing now like nothing. We actually believe that if we remove a certain weapon like an AR-15 from school and from society, that it will all go back to yesteryear and the white picket fence will come out all of a sudden around every school in the nation and nothing will ever happen. No, it will continue to happen. Even if it's more difficult for the bad guys to do it, they'll do it somewhere else. So your absence with God is creating that. You walk with the Lord and you we have refuge under his wing as Psalms 91 says. We can see a thousand or ten thousand drop to our sides but it will never afflict us. We talked about in our last podcast the the enemy of faith is doubt. And if you doubt what I am saying, you have no faith. Therefore, you will continue to walk in darkness. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to push you into a doctrine. I'm here to tell you the good news of Scripture, that there was a man that came that was the sitting and living God, and he came in the form of a man And his name was Jesus. He died on a cross for your sins, for my sins. He was beat, spit on, cursed at, crucified. And because of his love for us, a love that we can never imagine, nor can we ever emulate, he gave us freedom to live the way we should live and to have eternal life with him. Today, you can make this choice to believe or not believe. But wait before you hit the button. He, His love is so magnificent, he still allows you the opportunity to believe or not to believe. Train up, not only in the physical sense, as Paul said in Scripture, but train up in the spiritual sense as well because there is great benefit for you and your loved ones. Oh, I want to know more about El Police Radio. We go through this every episode. We're up to number 27. We're heading into the future, 28, 29, 30, and beyond. And how do I say it? Well, you go to lpoliceradio.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom, and these icons are going to pop up. That's the social network icons. Click on any one of those, and you connect with us. One of them looks like an email. You click on that, and that registers you to the website where you can get content updates as it goes out. Now, the importance of it, well, you have the freedom of not Uh, really registering. You could just hear this podcast because you don't want to be annoyed with the downloads and the podcast. I'll listen to it when I want to listen to it. That's fine. We're not looking to get rich on this because there is no money. We're doing, we're building a library for your benefit. You, the listener, no one else. As long as you're in line with what we're saying, that you believe in law and order, you believe in the country, you believe in doing things the right way, that you want a relationship with the living God, with Jesus Christ, that you have a need for listening to new ideas on training, that you think out of the box and not in the box. Well, if all those things are important to you and you want to learn about those influences that can corrupt that and destroy that, then this is the place for you to be, lpoliceradio.com. Now, lately, I've been getting a couple of emails on, well, I can't hear the podcast, and people are having meltdowns. No need for a meltdown here. It's simple. You go to lpoliceradio.com, you look up show notes. The last episode will be there. You click on it, bing, bing, and there is our podcast. You can listen to it. You can also go to iTunes, look up lpoliceradio.com, Stitcher, Look up lpoliceradio.com. Who am I missing? Podbeam, lpoliceradio.com. You can go to all these outlets. There's a a, a gazillion of them out there. YouTube, lpoliceradio.com, and you can hear the entire webcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook by looking up lpoliceradio, and we will be there as well. Now, as I... Discussed earlier and a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about the 09 Training Group. We have the website, which is 09TG.com, O as in the letter and nine as in the number, TG.com, and there there, we would post articles and so forth on training, which we're doing that. We're going to head in that direction. We also discuss about a 30 to 45-minute podcast on every one of those shows. Well, we came to the realization that we have so much work to do when it comes to updating, reviewing research, curriculum, podcast editing—you name it, we had to do it. We're not ready. We're not there, but we're getting there. So we have added on LPoliceRadio.com the training tip, five to ten minutes long. It should nourish the soul. It should enrich your knowledge and get your flow going so you can get over to O9 Training Group and find out more about us. the The wheels sometimes turn slowly, but they turn. The wisdoms will continue to be flourished, thrown out there for your listening enjoyment. That's free of charge. We want you to grow from this experience, so that's why we do it. But there's a lot of work we have planned as we go into the future, blogs and vlog, and vlogging, which is videotaping and so forth. But one of the things that I've decided to do is not rush into those things. Why? Because I'm not competing with anyone, so I really don't care who's in a freaking hurry. I don't have plans to go anywhere. Of course, the Almighty can always tell me, get up here, and I would have to leave. But then you would have X amount of episodes. You can hear my voice over and over nagging at you. But in the meantime, I'm going to punch out episode after episode, spitting out knowledge and letting you decipher between what's good and what's bad. We need you to connect because that tells us, hey, people want you to keep on doing what you're doing, so we're going to keep on doing it. We also understand that it has to be a library. You don't go to your neighborhood library and there's three books there in the shelf and an old clerk behind a desk. You go to the library and there's hundreds of thousands of books, the ones you can see. There's also online digital books that you can't see, but they're out there. So we're building the library. Why are we doing this? Well, he knows I don't. So I continue to do it. We've added a lot of elements to one podcast. We, we, why are we doing the news? Well, we want to talk about current events. It's very important because it fills you up with knowledge. Things sometimes happen for a reason, so we want to read what happened and then tell you what the reason is. And through those current events, we can really spell out a lot of components. Media, politics, your agency might be a little flaky, depending if they're the ones on the, in the news. So we can tell you a lot. So that's why we've done it. So we're always going to concentrate on two, three, four news articles, and we're going to keep it moving. The main subject, why are they all so different? Well, they're different because they all intertwine with law enforcement. This podcast that you heard today, we talked about the American mafia in, in America. Is it dead? Well, while you're trying to Google it to find out, I can tell you it's not dead. It's more than alive than ever. Why is that? Is that going to be a challenge for law enforcement in the future? How can they do? How can the FBI do that and not find out what hairspray Donald Trump is using? So we've got to keep our eye on the ball because it erodes your agency, where where you expect a certain level of policing, and it's just not there. We're noticing it now. The FBI is slowly crumbling. Okay, they talked about the other day, just the other day, and we're going to have a podcast on this. The uh, acting assistant director, I don't know, they got all these titles of the FBI said in front of the congressional hearing, We dropped the ball on the two tips about the school shooter. Well, you dropped the ball is an understatement. You had your fingers completely enlarged, you know where. There is no excuse for that there wasn't even a ball in the game forget about you dropped it you didn't you never had it and that's a problem and they didn't contact local law enforcement well there's such a thing called a fusion center and that was created after 9/11 too and that went out the freaking window we feed government local governments law enforcement what we want that mindset has to change to have law and order back in this country. It's going to be slow because there's a lot of freaking politics and the cesspool is full of garbage everywhere we see, everywhere we look. So keep that in mind. So we're happy to bring you this content. We're going to keep on. Now, our next show, episode number 28, MC. All I could tell you is and I want you to listen closely into the speaker. The next time you see a motorcycle club roaring down the road wearing their MC club attire, ask yourself this question. Are they law-abiding citizens? Are they the one-percenters? Who are they? And that's what we're going to try to decipher on episode 28. MC, IC, that's the name of that episode. It's always been my pleasure, and it will always continue to be my pleasure to be your host on LPoliceRadio.com. I did this back in 2007 to 2014. Back then it was called Latino Police Radio. We did 150 shows. It was a quacky little thing that basically I was talking into a telephone But I did it. I'm up to uh, number 28 now, episode 28 coming up. Folks, I've got so many shows in my head. Because if you know me, you know that I keep a wacky desk with papers all over the place. But I know where everyone's at. If you move one, I know something happened. And I've got so many shows lined up that are going to enrich you each and every day. So, continue being fired up, continue looking up, and continue knowing that here on lpoliceradio.com, you can get your info on law enforcement news all the time. See you soon, folks. Be safe.